0: The spiritual life seems to have become so complicated over the years that you almost feel you need a couple of degrees in theology just to understand it, before you can even attempt to live it. Yet it is essentially simple, so simple that you need the simplicity of a child to see it. You see, there's only one thing necessary, and that is love. Not our love of God, but his love of us. In other words, Christianity is not primarily concerned with detailing the perfect moral behavior that we see embodied in Christ's life, and then trying to copy it virtue by virtue in our lives. That's Stoicism, not Christianity. Furthermore, it's doomed to failure. That is why Epictetus, the founder of Stoicism, once said, show me the Stoic if you know one. You will show me thousands who speak like Stoics, but let my old age gaze upon one, for I've never seen one. Christianity is primarily concerned with teaching us how to turn and open ourselves to receive the Holy Spirit who filled our Lord Jesus Christ. The more we are filled with His love, then the easier it is to return it in kind, as the divine fuses and then strengthens human love so that it can reach up to God and then out to others. Then and only then are we able to love God with our whole hearts and minds and with our whole beings and to love our neighbors as Christ loves us. The trouble is we make the same mistake with Christ as we make with the saints. We read their lives backwards. We read about their rigorous asceticism, their superhuman sacrifices, and their heroic virtue. And we believe that the only way we can be like them is to do likewise. If we only read their lives forwards instead of backwards, then we'd see that they were only capable of doing the seemingly impossible because they first received the power to do it in prayer. If we try to be and do what they did without first receiving what they received, then our brave attempts will inevitably end in disaster. True imitation of Christ, or any of the saints for that matter, means firstly copying the way that they did all in their power to receive the Holy Spirit who inspired them. That is essentially all we have to do. That is why the spiritual life is so simple, if we only had the simplicity of a child to see it. In the light of what I've been saying in my previous little talks, asceticism for the beginner then is quite simple. Don't give up anything you like or enjoy, except when it prevents you from giving daily quality time to God in prayer each day. If you think it's easy, then try it and try to stick to it, and you'll soon find it's not quite so easy as you thought. Don't let first enthusiasm fool you into heroics that you will never sustain. Now, when you've persevered for long enough, you will gradually begin to receive and then experience the love that will enable you to do what is quite impossible without it. When a person falls in love and begins to experience being loved, then there's nothing that they wouldn't do or any sacrifice that they would not make for their lover. In fact, they positively look for things to do. The harder and the more exacting, the better, to enable them to show the real quality of their love. What was impossible to self-centered egotists only a short time before becomes not only easy, but also their greatest pleasure. It's exactly the same with the spiritual life. The exemplary behaviour, the extraordinary self-discipline and the heroic sacrifices made by a person who begins to experience the love of God are not the result of an arrogant Stoic trying to make themselves perfect. They are the actions of someone desperate to express their love in behaviour that could not be maintained for long without the love that sustains it. All the little pleasures and pastimes that were thought indispensable before suddenly become dispensable, and with the greatest of ease. Virtues that were noticeable by their absence before are born of the love that envelops them. You see, when the love of God strikes a human heart, it strikes it as a simple ray of light strikes a prism. Just as that light is then diffused and transformed into all the colors of the spectrum, so the love of God is diffused and transformed into all the virtues and the gifts that are needed as the believer seeks to acquire them. In short, first seek God and his kingdom, which is love, and everything else you want or desire will be given to you. Whenever you watch any sport at the highest level, you cannot but be impressed by the dedication of the participants. It's the quality of their single-mindedness that draws the attention. The moment they begin their preparation, it's as if they entered into a time-free zone where they're able to put everything out of their minds in such a way that they can live fully in the present moment. If they allow anything from the past to disrupt their concentration, it is instantly dismissed. Nor must anything from the future disturb them either. Just a few moments indulging themselves, imagining receiving the trophy, or celebrating with their friends, could mean losing the prize. It should be exactly the same with preparation for prayer. We need some sort of countdown to help drop out of the hectic lifestyle that we're living, that is often forced upon us to prepare to turn on and tune in to God. Just as different athletes find their own rituals, we need to find our own. It may be simply lying down for a rest, reading some spiritual or inspiring book, exercising, going for a swim, listening to music, or whatever helps us to relax. This is all part and parcel of the asceticism of the heart that is going to help us to enter into that time-free zone when we begin to pray. It is here that we can first begin to enter as fully as we can into the present moment by ridding ourselves of anything from the past or the future that can draw our attention away from fixing our gaze fully upon God. This is the only place on earth where time can touch eternity. In order to sanctify this place and consecrate it to God, the early monks first practiced private confession so that no past guilt or sin would disturb them. They even confessed the temptations that may induce them to sin in the future. God cannot be encountered in the past or in the future, but only as de Cossard saw so clearly in what he called the sacrament of the present moment. That is why he said that the present moment is always full of infinite treasures. It contains far more than you have the capacity to hold. This is the only moment where time touches eternity, and prayer is the offering that makes it a holy place where the human and the divine first meet and mingle before being united.